welcome to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast powered by the National Cannabis Industry Association, also known as the NCIA, one of the largest and most well-known professional trade organizations in the industry. I am your host, Khadija Adams, founder of Girl Get That Money, a business empowerment coaching and consultancy firm. I'm also the founder of the Green Street Academy, an online educational academy where we teach you the basics of investing in cannabis stocks. The goal of our show here at the Cannabis Minority Report podcast is really to highlight minority entrepreneurs in the space and share weekly news updates about what they're doing in the space as well and doing for the industry and the community as a whole. We interview minority entrepreneurs, minority-owned companies, companies that support social equity, social equity applicants themselves, as well as a host of other cannabis industry leaders and pioneers. Joining me today is my special guest, Michael Webster. He is the founder of X. Faravit, I hope I'm saying that right. If not, he's going to correct me when it's time for us to bring him on, okay? But it's spelled E-X-S-P-I-R-A-V-I-T-X-Faravit. Maybe I said it right that time, who knows? But we'll get it right when we get him on, right? So when we return for our commercial break, we will catch you up on the latest news um, about minorities in the cannabis space, and we'll learn more about Michael's journey into the cannabis industry. So if you're watching us on Facebook, now is a great time to hit that share button. If it is, we don't know, but hit that share button or better yet, mention us in your in your timeline or just tag some of your friends so that they can be watching along with you. We'll be back right after these messages. Uh, it is the budding dispensary of knowledge. Be more uh, than just the PubMed of cannabis, the Google Scholar of cannabis. We want to be a continuing education platform that is easily accessible. We see this as being able to leave a legacy for the entire industry and really elevate this plant to where it deserves to be. Hey, you guys, so let me tell you about the library. So the Library of New Jersey is hosting an expungement clinic this month, November 23rd, 2021. And the library is a minority-owned company that is seeking to enter the New Jersey cannabis market. The founders are Corey Dishman and Charles Penn. I know these guys, they are amazing. In fact, Corey is actually um, working on his PhD and Charles is um, also working to complete his master's. So I'm really excited to be behind these guys. And, you know, unfortunately, New Jersey is a bit behind on their promise. Um, and they haven't begun the process of, you know, taking in those applications. New Jersey, what's up? Like, catch up and get this thing going. You know, so while they're waiting, they've decided not to stop or um, um, on their promise that they made to the community, right, to help people to really um, get their previous or prior cannabis-related charges expunged. And so they're hosting this expungement clinic. It's going to take place at the Cambria Hotel on 12 Rooney Circle in West Orange, New Jersey. So the expungement clinic is calling on all people with prior cannabis-related charges to join them for this free event. So you guys, if you have prior cannabis-related charges, you are going to want to get to that expungement clinic so you can find out how to get your record expunged or sealed, right? 
And then Springfield City Councilors praise plans for minority-owned cannabis store in um, McKnight neighborhood, in the McKnight neighborhood. So, you know, the Springfield um, City Council is considering a special permit for a proposed cannabis retail store at 666 State Street in the McKnight neighborhood. Now, it cited their local rules, minority ownership, and their plans for security, lighting, and parking during a city council hearing on Monday. Several of the councilors um, basically um, praised the plan, and they basically said that they love the fact that the background of the founders and, and the community activists, Lamont Clemens and, and Robert Kelly of Springfield, who are really planning this store, but he, they love the way they put the presentation together and what their intent is um, for getting this done. So it was the first night of the hearing, which is conducted remotely. And over um, a two meeting span due to the coronavirus, um, they had to do this remotely. But the outcome was very positive. So we're going to be keeping our eye, our eyes on Lamont Clemens and also Robert Kelly in Springfield. In fact, we're going to reach out to them and see if we can have them on the show as well. And then finally in the news, the legislature should support cannabis um, licensing process that prioritizes minority business ownership. Um, the legislative leaders have announced their interest in passing legislation to place a referendum on the ballot next year legalizing recreational cannabis. As a result, Maryland is one or on the precipice of a decision that could have a lasting impact on minority entrepreneurs interested in pursuing new business opportunities in the recreational cannabis industry. So while the medical cannabis industry is booming in Maryland, um, the community's most disproportionately and negatively affected um, by this past um, drug laws are really, um, they're losing out. I mean, and so, you know, during the 2017 um, medical cannabis licensing process, Maryland um, minority businesses were essentially shut out you know, and so that's why there was also the lawsuit and all of this other stuff going on. And of course, the state was sued and, you know, three additional licenses um, had ensued from that, that from a disparity um, study that, that takes place. So if you guys haven't seen the business disparities in the Maryland market area, I want you guys to Google that and look that up because it's really important to know that a study was actually done. In fact, they had required the um, required um, the activists in the industry to put together this study and to present it, right? And even though it was presented, it wasn't even taken into consideration, you guys. So, you know, all I can tell you is that Maryland, we're keeping our eyes on you and um, you guys have got to get better. You know, I'm talking to the legislation right now and, and these are this is my opinion, not the express consent of the NCIA, let me be clear, but you really need to get it together, you guys, um, because we are um, watching you, okay? Um, when we return, we're going to learn more about Michael Weber, um, Webster, and guess what? You know, if you guys are watching us on Facebook, go ahead and share because you're going to want to hear his story. You know, he is not only a social equity applicant, but activist. He's also um, a legacy owner. So we're excited to get him on and um, look forward to having him on. So if you're on Facebook, share, get on here, get your friends on here, and we'll be right back after these messages.
cannabis industry. I am the 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 cannabis industry. We are the cannabis industry. And we are proving that regulation works. Experiment. Experiment. There we go. I told y'all he was going to correct me. I love it. He is an experienced cannabis professional and entrepreneur motivated by a desire to operate in um, the diverse and healthy regulated cannabis market. He has employed his voice to amplify the concerns and needs of social equity cannabis operators across the country. His advocacy for cannabis legalization has led him from the local level to the national stage. So in addition to his duties as founder and managing um, and founder and managing member of his company, which is a licensed cannabis company in the state of Michigan, you know, we have Michael here on our show today to share with us more about his story. So Michael, welcome to the Cannabis Minority Report podcast. How are you doing today? I'm well, Khadija. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. And we are just as excited because we want to hear your story because I read up about you and some amazing things. But first off, please tell the audience how to pronounce the name of your company. Okay. And so how did you come I, up with that name? You and I had this conversation in the green room, but uh, I know that it, it, it rings like a pharmaceutical company. You expect to hear the disclaimer about uh, sore ears and achy back if you take this product, but it's Experivit and it's Latin. It's Latin for ghost. And okay. it's tied to my story, to my journey, how I got into the industry. Awesome. Well, tell us more about that. Tell us about sure. your journey into cannabis. Sure. So um, my journey has, my cannabis journey has been a long and winding one. And I would say it's defined more by the people that I've connected with along the way, more so than the specific incidents. And that's something I would tell uh, social equity operator uh, applicants coming behind me is, you're not always gonna be cognizant of the journey as you're experiencing it. It, it. it takes some reflection. You'll know when there's enough in your rearview mirror to look back and uh, call it, start calling it a journey. But when I talk about the people um, who define my journey, the irony here is that it's been women. It has almost exclusively been women who have defined my journey. Now I could go back and start with my mom who was a fierce cannabis advocate and then ultimately a victim of breast cancer mm. um, who employed cannabis as part of her therapy and her regimen. So she gave me my first, uh, you know, she planted the, the cannabis seeds for lack of, no pun intended. Um, but once I got into the business, um, I, I left New York and came here to Michigan to try to infiltrate the Michigan market, which was maturing a lot faster than other recreational markets. Mm -hmm. And we did come out of the legacy market and our role in, in the legacy market, I, I was, was, was mostly non-plant touching. So I was um, someone who financed a lot of the caregiver uh, grows and, okay. and operations. We, we came into Michigan, we started leasing or buying houses um, that we could get our hands on and avoid the green tax. Mm -hmm. And we would, um, you know, partner with with uh, caregivers or growers in the medical sector 
Mm-hmm. There was a really gray area, as you know, like a lot of other states were before yeah. they come in online. It was it was really gray. Mm-hmm. So that's how we got in. But the experiment comes from uh, experiment is Latin for ghost. Mm-hmm. And it used to be experiment octor, which is ghost writer. And that's uh, that's another entry point that I made into the cannabis market was I was really uh, disgusted and really uh, I, I, I was just really put off by a lot of the descriptions you would see in content, uh, detailing strains, mm-hmm. you know, they spoke to these really grandiose kind of personal experiences. Oh, this will knock your head off or blow your socks off. And I thought, you know, our cannabis consumers nowadays are much more educa- educated, much yeah. more informed, and they need truth. Yeah. So that was um, how we got into the content development space mm-hmm. for cannabis. Um, and then we were just kind of waiting around, seeing how things fleshed out. And when the rec market, uh, sort of settled here in Michigan, you know, there weren't a lot of opportunities for us and we did kind of get squeezed out. So we had to reinvent ourselves. Um, But, uh, and that's how we got connected with the social equity space. And I will give Michigan its credit. A lot of states talk the talk, but do not walk the walk. Mm -hmm. Michigan puts its money where its mouth is uh, when it comes to social equity. And I want to, uh, you know, commend Director Brisbane and the folks at the MRA, particularly in social, the social equity group, Mm-hmm. who have really, um, you know, rolled out the carpet for social equity applicants and provided an infrastructure um, through which we can, you know, find our way into the market. It hasn't been easy yeah. and they're not giving everything away, but, you know. Yeah. So let me address a couple of things. I'm so sorry to hear about your mom. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, uh, when I when I came into cannabis too, one of the experiences I had was meeting a lot of women who, um, you know, were battling, you know, different, a variety of different cancers. And so, um, but, you know, I love the fact that she taught you along the way, right? So, because you didn't come in here with just no knowledge of cannabis. You came in here with the knowledge because she taught you and she, you yes. were going through with her and her process. And, you know, um, and I love your story, how you said several things as an entrepreneur that I want our audience to really pay pay close attention to. That when you first came in, you came in and you fit in, you got in where you fit in and, and you got in during that, that caregiver moment, mm-hmm. right? Which I call the legacy um, yep. market, right? You got in there, you know, and then you said, you said this, you said that, you know, and then you had to wait and see where the industry was going before you knew your next move, right? Yes. Yes. And and so sometimes we have to wait and see, and sometimes we do have to to pivot as entrepreneurs. And you know, you're right. I believe Rebecca Collette, Latoya uh, Rucker, and um, all of all of them, they had a major hand in how that social equity program in Michigan, you know, would go. And so I, my hat's off to them, and thank you for acknowledging them. Absolutely. So how has the social equity program help you? Well, um, in, in, a, in a variety of ways. So the, the social equity benefits started with applying for social equity status. So reaching out to the state, making, making a claim or an appeal mm-hmm. saying, you know, I was harmed by your arcane uh, war on, the war on drug policies. You know, um, I lived in this neighborhood that was over-policed um, you know, over-incarcerated, you know, really adversely impacted. And that wasn't the gauntlet. They really, you know, they wrapped 
their arms around me and others and shepherded us through the process. It, it was it was a, a daunting process, but uh, once you get that social equity status, then the floodgates kind of open up to you in terms of the resources that are in place. There are situated resources to be taken advantage of as a social equity applicant. And then it's just about managing those resources to a successful outcome. And I think that's what we did and um, you know, pursued licensure. Now, the social equity, the way things played out here in Michigan, um, there was a lot of low hanging fruit when it came to licensure, right? So uh, it's almost like they designed these specific license for social equity operators who, you know, weren't efficiently capitalized for big moves like a, you know, a dispensary. Mm -hmm. But there was low hanging fruit for us to get into the sector. And you have to humble yourself. You have to, like you said, you have to do what, you know, do what you're doing now, bring your current skill set. So I had a little bit of a history in promotion and event planning. So that was an easy, attainable, easily attainable license that was available was the uh, marijuana event organizer license, which allows us to produce consumption events in the state of Michigan. Yeah. So we grabbed that license really to show investors and other folks, strategic partners that we were bona fide and that, you know, we had been vetted and, and, and were to be worked with. So um, that was a great opportunity. And then once, I, I don't want to use the term downhill from there, but we really got some traction once we uh, got secured that license yeah. and we're pre-approved for the other license. We're, we're rolling out our uh, micro business license in uh, mm -hmm. second quarter of 2022, mm -hmm. Berkeley integrated, and we got a lot of big plans. But as far as the social equity path, um, yeah, it's, it's incumbent upon the state to mm -hmm. really roll that out. And I think yeah. if, if I could just pivot um, to a working definition of social equity, right? So we all hear this term social equity and we think it's a gift, like affirmative, affirmative action. We're giving something to someone. Social yeah. equity has been earned yeah, yeah, and is to be accessed. So we're not begging multi-state operators or uh, you know sources of funding to give us anything. We're asking them to let us access that which is ours. Yeah. So the whole, uh, my advice to social equity applicants would be to recognize your inherent right. You're the victim of the phenomenon that created social the social equity space. So you're really just collecting, you're accessing, mm -hmm you're not asking for, you're not right. begging for, and you're not being gifted. Yeah, and that was um, actually my, my, my third question for you. But my second question would be, and I wanna to touch more on the social equity piece because mm -hmm. um, you're absolutely right. It is something that has been earned, right? It is something that has been earned. And, um, but as social equity applicants, there's still some work that we have to do, okay? Um, and we can't wait. Right, and I love the fact that you took the initiative to get the license that you could. Mm -hmm. And like you said, then you were able to gain traction, yes. especially from investors. Because once they know you have one license to do something, man, that yes. says a lot. It's now saying that you're taking action, that it's now saying that you have, you have skin in the game. It's now saying that you are ready to take on investors because I have this license. And then, hey, the sky's the limit from there because once you bring on the investors, now you can get the other licenses that you're yes. going for. And so yes. even though, yes, social equity applicants have to understand that, you know, this is this is rightfully ours, right? This is rightfully ours. There's still some work that we must do in order, especially to show investors. 
because you have to literally convince investors on why they should invest in social equity applicants. And if you haven't made the move or have not been moving, you're not going to convince them. And so right. you guys did that. You convinced investors that, hey, we could get one license without you, right? Yes. Imagine yes. what we can do with you. And here's that one license, right? And, and then you kind of move from there. So I'm really excited about that. So your company, you, you share the meaning yes. of your company. You shared the quick, the, the correct um, enunciation and pr- uh, pronunciation. Right. Still haven't gotten it yet. Experiment. 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 Yes. Spear. 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 Experiment. So why did you start this company, Michael? And, um, and then tell us what, what social equity um, means to you. Because on your license, you mentioned that you support social equity um, um, as well on your website. And so sh- share, share that with us. Absolutely. You. So, so yeah. we started the company really because we embraced the idea of a regulated market, right? So, um, you know... We, we knew we knew what was coming, you know, mm-hmm. that that the caregiver space was going to get squeezed out the black market. You know, it is what it is. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to speak to that because I'm not going to um, disparage someone who is, you know, still in the legacy space, but the regulated market is the future. So the sooner you get into the regulated yeah. market, the, the, the quicker you have the opportunity to grow because you can grow to great heights in the legacy market, but, you know, then have to pivot and start as an infant. So the, the sooner you can make traction in the regulated market. So that, that was that was the impetus for, for, for standing up the company experiment. Mm-hmm. But as we got in, um, we started accessing so many resources that experiment sort of morphed into more of a platform than a company where we were uh, envisioning launching uh, different products. And it was almost like, you know, a home where we could partner with other social equity operators, bring them onto the platform, and then they could launch their projects. So that was kind of the meaning or, 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 or the, the incentive for, for starting the company. And then also a generational wealth. And I, I got to shout out my wife, my lovely wife, Natasha, my three daughters, I have three beautiful daughters, Gabriella, Sochi. Oh, you're Parker. a girl dad. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't miss them. Um, and they, you know, represent my future, my legacy. Yeah. So I wanted to build something that uh, translated to generational wealth. And I think that's a misnomer. People think that when you get the license, you know, they're backing up the Brinks truck, they're dropping off the ATM on your front lawn, and you're you're wealthy. Even if you get rich initially, you're not wealthy. The gener- okay. type of generational wealth we're talking about is so that my daughters don't, they can make business decisions without being beholden to predatory yeah. investors, that they can leverage what I built, you know, to live out their dreams and pursue their dreams. Absolutely. They pick um, up where you left off. Sorry? I said they pick up where you left off. Exactly. Exactly. We joke that, you know, I'll never sell my company, but my kids will have the right to make that decision when, when, when their time comes. Mm -hmm. But, um, so that's why we started the company. And then, you know, of course, to, to, to get this money, we've been adversely impacted by, the over-policing of cannabis for mm-hmm. decades. And now it was, you know, it was turnabout is fair play. And, yeah. you know, it was, it was clear that the multi-state operators and, and I'm not one that really disparaged multi-state operators because there are some folks out there, some organizations that are really doing great things. Yeah. He's, you know, um, other organizations that are really giving back in, in meaningful ways. And, um, 
you know, putting us in position mm-hmm. as small mm-hmm. social equity operators yeah. to uh, lift Sayun. as we climb. Yeah, Sayun is one. Too. Sayun is Absolutely. One. Sayun is an, an inspirational figure, inspirational figure in this sector. Mm-hmm. You don't have to hear him speak, just his, his aura and his, his presence, you know. Oh, yeah, you gotta believe it. That energy is off the wall. Right? Oh, man. And consistent <laughs> as hell. I've never yeah. seen him down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> never. Absolutely. So let me ask you this, Michael, as a man of color in cannabis, what has been your experience and what are some of the challenges that you faced and overcome? Sure. So as an African-American in this sector, you know, um, you're facing the same institutional barriers that you would across the board. You know, any business you want to get into, you know, there's implicit bias, there's institutional bias, there's, you know, uh, sour relationships with lending institutions. And that's on top of the walled off you know, mm-hmm. access to banking and stuff like that. So it's twice as hard for us. What what I found, what my experience has been informed by is allyship, right? True allyship. Not good white folks who come in your space and then want to either tell you what to do, tell you how to do it. True partners. And I just got to take a minute and shout out some of those folks. Uh, Lisa Outscholer, um of High Garden Collective of which I'm a founding member, uh, final founding member. This is a person who, you know, built her organization and then leaned into social equity, came to, came to us. We didn't have to go to her making pictures. She came to us, you know, providing access. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, with the state of Michigan, put their money where their mouth is. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there are other folks along the way of the farmer journey, other good white folks and folks of other races who, who see... Um, our role and why it's important for social equity and specifically black people, why we need to be elevated. We don't need this, you know, reverse racism or reverse uh, affirmative act, any of that foolishness. Right. Mm-hmm. What we need is a fair shot. We need yeah, a, yeah. a level playing field. Yeah, absolutely. A level playing field is, is, is that's the only thing we ask, right? Yeah, level, yeah, yeah. A level playing field, you right. know? So yeah. Right. And they so, paint it as if we're asking for something undo when it really is just right. equal access. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love that. I love the fact that um, um, you said allies, because being able to come together and collaborate, collaboration is more powerful than, comp, you know, competing. You yes. Know? And I love yes. the fact that you said that the company wasn't just the company, it became a platform. Yes. And that's exactly yes. what we need. We need a platform yes. that, that we can actually go to and, um, and, and you're leading by example and helping other people of color to really navigate um, their ways through these treacherous waters of cannabis. Yeah, they are treacherous, man, Khadija, you know that. Already know. Like, the treachery is, is, is significant. Yeah, I'm telling you. So let me ask you, are you all raising capital at this time? And if so, can you talk about it or? Yeah, I, 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 can, I can talk yeah. briefly about it. I can't, you, I, I appreciate the, you know, the discretion and, and, and opportunity yeah. to be discreet and, and respect the branch because you know what a delicate yeah. dance yeah, that yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but, but I, you know, it's a perfect, se- not a segue, but I can circle back to the allyship and um, true allyship is not just being there, partnering with, but sharing your resources. And what I found with folks yeah. like Lisa, with folks like Mike Blogna at uh, Trusted Human Capital. These folks are opening doors, giving you access to non-traditional funding. I can't go to the bank and ask for a loan. I have to, you know, I have to, I have to access to traditional methods of financing. 
And, and, and one thing that is, is, is really daunting is when you, you, when you run the gauntlet and get through the, the gauntlet that is licensure and you make it out, you know, and I'm not going to say unscathed, but you make it to the other side, who's waiting for you? These predatory investors who want to set you up for failure, take your company, you know, the list goes on. But these good folks are introducing us to non-traditional methods of financing, family offices, private funding land deals, mm -hmm. you know, and that has been the lane that we slipped into and, you know, knock on wood, but it's been a smooth ride so far. And we're in the middle of a raise now. And uh, we have a second raise coming up um, second quarter of 2022. And we're just excited. We're really excited about um, the opportunities for, for capital that, that align it. And before before we pivot, Khadija, I just I, I'll get in trouble if I don't. Rebecca Collette. Yeah, we're supposed to mention her before I did the okay. queen. When I say when I say that women have been responsible for my success, she's at the top of that list. The mm -hmm. queen bee. She 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 you know she did for us and the the Detroit Cannabis Project, our incubator program. Mm -hmm. She did for us what no other could do, and that was you know lift while she was climbing. You know she's an yeah. operator, you know, and but the things that she's done for us are just amazing yeah. and. Um, I just had to take a second to acknowledge her reign over, uh, you know, the, the social equity cannabis space that I know. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Rebecca yeah. is, um, she is one to be about it and not just, so she'll speak about it. She'll tell right. you, you know, but she's actually going to show you better right. than she can actually tell you. And, and I love that about her. I love her um, audacity. She oh. has the audacity to do whatever she wants to the do. Audacity. She allow anybody. She does have it. And let me the tell you another thing that she has, what I respect. When she was raising capital, I was putting her on the on the line with different um investors, this and the other. She knows what she wants. Yes. She knew what she wanted, what she would accept. And that's what I share with entrepreneurs. Know where you're going and know what you want. Have a crystal clear vision because you are the opportunity, not the investors. Right? That's, That's why it's called business opportunities, right? And so, yeah, so I share that. So let me, let me just um, ask you, what kind of advice would you give to social equity applicants seeking assistance with licensing? Okay. So that's a loaded question, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to meet the moment here. Okay. Um, obviously, everyone's journey is different. Yeah. But my specific advice to those coming behind me on the social equity path is lean into the low hanging fruit that are available resources. Um, the period during the lockdown with the pandemic, there were tons and tons of webinars, Zooms, free resources. Khadija, I probably racked up closing in on $100,000 worth of consulting um, mm -hmm. fees or you know, you, you know, consulting yeah. service yeah. because I took advantage uh, right after we got right after they lifted the lockdown. I, we took the family down to Florida I for three weeks. I spent most of the time on Zooms and webinars. So I would tell them access that which is available. Um, uh, what else? If you want to go far, go together. If you want to go slow. I'm sorry. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. And I think that's something you told me, Khadija. Yeah. If you want to go fast. Go by yourself. You want to go far, go together. Everyone is not going to make it 
to the top of this industry on their first try. But you increase your chances exponentially when you lock arms with other like-minded folks, good people who share your values, not just your aspirations, but your values. Walk with them. My team, Sorrell Mack, uh, James Tolbert, my, my, my master cultivator, Mark Hutchins. These are folks who, you know, I don't have long, super long histories with, but we connected mm -hmm. shared values. And, you know, they have, they have, they have made experiment what it is and, um, you know, put me in position to share advice. So I would tell those social equity operators coming behind me, be patient, mm -hmm. go slow, dot, cross your T's, dot your I's, and do not be discouraged. That's right. Adija, you know that the notice of deficiency is par for the course. If you're not getting a notice of deficiency, you're doing something wrong. Wrong. Right? And I'm referring to licensure for those who, 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 who's not catching on what I'm saying. But don't be intimidated by things like that. Mm -hmm. Work the process. Work the free available resources. Mm -hmm. And like you said, just to circle back, you are the talent. You are the draw. You are the opportunity. Don't let an investor come along and tell you, you know, oh, well, I'm going to do this for you. No, I'm going to allow you to do this for me or we can do this together. And the last thing I would tell them is you're not going to find when it comes to capital and, and God bless you get that far. But when it comes to capital, you're not going to find the perfect investment model. You're not going to find that. You have to be willing to part with some equity, a significant chunk if you don't have a history of return on investment. Yeah. So that's something that I had to embrace was, mm -hmm. you know, keep my first project. If I, if, if, you know, if I want to be successful, keep my first project tight, condensed, give away a piece of equity, show that successful return on investment, and then move on to the next project where you won't have to give away, mm -hmm. you know, the store because you've shown investors I'm viable. You know, I can get your money back. I can get you 10X, I can get you 20X, 100X, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a viable operation. So those are things I would share. And then, of course, I would say get into an incubator program, mm -hmm. not one that's charging you and wants to, you know, take phantom equity in your company, but yeah. get with somebody like Rebecca Collette, the mm -hmm. Detroit Cannabis Project, where she convinced the city to allocate funds per head. I don't know what the exact number. I've heard 10,000 per head, mm -hmm. but that's an amazing with 60. Yeah. 75 people in, in the group. So, so those kind of things um, would, would, would encapsulate my advice. To Absolutely. People. And I yeah. love that because yeah. as an entrepreneur, you're saying, yeah. Hey, look, this is not a get rich quick scheme. You've got to come in here and do the work. You have to have a crystal clear vision of where you're going. You have to align with like-minded individuals that are willing to collaborate with you and lift you up, you Absolutely. know, and, and take you to the next level. And you have to stay the course. You know, that's my next T-shirt. My next T-shirt is going to say, stay the course. Stay the course. Because no matter what happens, you're going to always have obstacles. And the winner is the one who perseveres through those obstacles, right? right? And right. really make that impact. Because when you get to the other side, like you said, it's a lot of sharks waiting over there. Oh, man. Circling. And, and, and guess what? Not all sharks are bad sharks. There's some right. sharks that don't even eat meat, right? right? But at the end of the day... You know, um, you want to make sure that you align accordingly and get with people who really have proof of success in this industry. And yes, you're right, Rebecca Collette. Um, also, too, part of the Detroit project, we had um, RMCC. In fact, I have okay. So you beat me to the punch. I was about to call out Brianna and Debbie. <laughs> That's uh, right. those, those, those are those are two. When I talk about the women who define my journey, two yep. amazing. 
Brienne Ramsey and and Debbie yeah. Spranza, yeah, Spranza. They, they they took a took a chance on me and 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 I'm I'm the better for it. So yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about I'm excited about RMCC. I actually yeah. sponsored like ten social equity applicants to to yes. participate yes. in the program. I love what they're doing, and they have provided that education that can last a lifetime right, and take right. you farther. So you know, so how can social equity applicants and even investors reach sure. out to you? Sure, sure. So. Uh, I Circling back to what what uh, a social equity applicant should do to position themselves for success, you have to be accessible. You have to maintain a presence. So we're on the social media platforms. We're on Instagram as Experivit underscore Solutions. Um, you know we're on we're, we're very active on LinkedIn, but it's also about you know uh, making your presence felt on the ground, getting out there. Uh, we're at events. We're at the expungement events. We're at the trade shows. We're at the conferences. But, uh, but the website is experivit.com. Um, again, Instagram, any of the social media platforms, and then word of mouth. I would like to think that I've made enough substantive connections mm -hmm. in this sector, you know, as burgeoning as it is, mm -hmm. that somebody might know me and have a kind word to say about me, whether it's Ben Gelt at Can Assert um, or Adam Duke at Six Labs or, uh, uh, or my, my good friend Jim at Flow, uh, Flow Technology. These are folks who, you know, have are, are, are informing my network and being that connective tissue so that I can get, you know, that meeting or that phone call or that introduction that I ordinarily wouldn't wouldn't get. So, yeah, you know, we lean in with two things, Khadija. Mm -hmm. One is the social equity access, the lane. The other is compliance. So when you mentioned right. RMCC, it's all about compliance for us because this is still a tricky landmine laden <laughs> landscape yeah. and you can easily set yourself back so mm -hmm. if you lead with compliance and keep that buffer between you and detriment then you can you you'll, you'll go far you'll be successful you'll, you'll leave room so yeah yeah well michael i want to thank you so much for being a special guest on our show and listen we really want to have you back in the future check on your Please. progress see how we can help um, you and, and, and other social equity applicants. And, you know, I'm just so excited and proud of you. Khadija, what should, you know, I, I, I almost want to reject that just because it's so, it's not appropriate. The thanks should be coming your way. The things that you're doing in this space. You were uh, one of the first guest speakers at the DCP that I had the pleasure of, of listening to. And the inspiration that you gave me personally has, has been amazing. And then the access you gave me when I reached out about this opportunity, you know, you didn't, you didn't run me through the ring. Let's go, let's go. So, you know, thank you for what you're doing and please, please keep it up because there are plenty of other social equity operators out here who can benefit from what you're doing. Let us stand a little bit in your light and we're going to grow like that good plan. Before I go, before I go, if I could just acknowledge three of my strategic partners real quick, Camouflage Sounds out of New York, uh, Metro New York event um, uh, promoters, my BK Life and the Bronx brand. Three uh, uh, good strategic partners who we're looking to do uh, business with once we infiltrate that New York market, once I get home. The Prodigal right. Son is coming home. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love that the Prodigal Son is coming yes. home. In fact, that is the title of your next article. So we That's can it. get that published. Um, I'm it. so excited for you and so proud of you for making such an impact in the industry for staying the course 
And, um, and also for not only reaching back to lend a hand up, not a hand yes. out, but a hand up. Yes. You know, that's amazing because we need more African-American men in this cannabis industry to take the lead and, and really yes. also help others and elevate others. So thanks for being on and we wish you so much success. Thank Please you. Please stick around. Um, we'll, we'll definitely um, come back and circle back after this show. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, y'all. So be sure to subscribe to our Cannabis Minority Report on Spotify, Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find your favorite platforms to make sure that you don't miss this. If you miss Michael today, then you missed something really good. But then don't fret. We're going to actually have this posted on our um, website at the National Cannabis Industry or CannabisIndustry.org. Um, um, and then we're going to also you know, have this posted in our social media on Facebook. So um, stick around, you guys. Instead of us going to a commercial break right now, we are going to go back to Detroit from when I interviewed Justin Hatchett, a cannabis consultant who is opening Michigan's first equity-licensed consumption lounge as we speak. Let's roll the tape in. So tell us a little bit about you and about what you're doing here in cannabis and um, here in Detroit. So uh, my name is Justin Hatchett. I'm a private consultant in the cannabis space. I help uh, different brands get their license, obtain their license, operations, business plans, all that stuff. I'm currently one of the founders of Blue Amsterdam LLC, which is the first adult use consumption lounge license awarded in the state. Nice. So are we open yet? No, we're not open yet. Okay. We're, we've been doing a municipality hunt. We've okay. been going back and forth and figuring uh -huh. out what's going to be a good fit city-wise. Yeah. And um, oh, over this last uh, quarter, we actually narrowed that down to Ypsilanti. So okay. we're most likely going to be opening in Ipsy in the next uh three to six months. All right, so I'm gonna have to look for my invitation in real time. Yes, yes, you will. Absolutely, because yes, you, you know I gotta come over there and puff up past with you. You brother. have to. <laughs> that, you know, social consumption is so important right now in our industry. It's the one thing that's gonna push everything forward. I agree so, with that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I was honored to speak yesterday here and do a panel, and uh, thank you to Tatiana and Kevin and everybody that participated in our panel, and Kay for being a great moderator. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a great experience and great time to be involved in cannabis right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Sure. And so being here at the Midwest Cannabis Conference mm -hmm. and, you know, the NCIA puts on these conferences. Mm -hmm. And so what has been your experience outside of the speaking experience educationally? Um, so one, I, I love the connections that come from conferences. Okay. Um, it is great to have so many like-minded people all in the same vicinity to mm -hmm. where we can actually pick each other's brains for a little bit. Um, so that's my number one thing. You guys have an amazing amount of members, a lot of supporters, sponsors, everyone that comes together to really put on this great event. So for me, and I've been touring for like the last three years in cannabis and okay. going to different conferences, mm -hmm. including Benzinga and a couple other ones. So mm -hmm. it's like for me, coming to a conference here in my hometown and seeing this and the inclusion in that's seeing right. this, oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. It, it's absolutely stunning. I loved it. Loved every minute of it. Yeah. I tell you what, back in the day in 2014, mm -hmm. you know, at one point the NCIA got a bad rap about diversity. Mm -hmm. What can you say about the NCIA 2021 as it relates to diversity and what you've seen from this conference? Oh, well, Personally, I can say to that statement, it's a complete 180. Um, this is one of the most inclusive conferences I've ever been to. 
honestly, in my life. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot more inclusion. There are a lot more um, minority entrepreneurs. There's the, the indigenous um, aspect to it. There are a lot of uh, representation from all sides and all walks of life here. So yeah. for me personally, I feel like that's part to do with Detroit because that's who we are. That's, you know, how we get stuff that's done. How that's how we roll, right? <laughs> what up, though? But yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. So, I mean, for us to all come together and even the uh, the other panelists, Calvin Johnson, Rob Sims, I've yeah. networked with them for years now. And, okay. the, you know, be on the same platforms as them mm -hmm. and be mm -hmm. able to really talk about where we're at in our stages and our businesses mm -hmm. is what we need. It's, it's really what we need. So for more of these to happen is what I would want. Absolutely. So tell our audience, how can people reach out to you? How can they okay. hit you up? Yeah, so reach out to me on LinkedIn, Justin Hatchett, J-U-S-T-I-N-H-A-T-C-H-E-T-T. -T -T. Um, Google also works. If you want to Google me, you can. You can find me on there and uh, reach out to that. And then Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is JustInTouch, J-U-S-T underscore I-N-T-O-U-C-H. Awesome. Well, we totally appreciate you. Thank you for being oh, on. Boy, and we're going to have the door open. Let me Come tell on. you, we're going to have to interview you in 2022. Sure. Because we want to find out more about Blue Amsterdam, what you're doing. We want to find Definitely. out about your progress Definitely. and especially about that consumption lounge. Cannot wait. Congratulations. Thank Hats you so off much. to you. Thanks again for your time. All right, love. You guys, check out the NCIA's member news blog and the industry insights that includes our. Um, NCIA member spotlight series and you know we actually highlight some of our new members who joined us through the social equity scholarship program that we offer so don't forget to download the NCIA's mobile app and guess what don't forget to join us at the NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit December 15th through the 17th in San Francisco California not only is your girl going to be there, but I'm going to be moderating. So I need to see your face, right? Make sure that you're there. And a special shout out to our sponsors, Tahoe Wellness Center. Thank you so much. The law offices of Omar Figueroa. I love him. I love him. Love him. Love him. Y'all got to check him out. And then Copper State Farms. Love them too. And thank you so much. We really appreciate the support. And for those of you, if this is your first time joining us, the mission of the DEIC committee is to educate, to advocate, to engage and empower the community of cannabis and its members by cultivating partnerships with other nonprofit organizations with similar goals, providing resources that create and sustain an environment that is not only inclusive, but is equitable and diverse. We are committed to building a culture that respects our members and celebrates their contributions as we all work together to strengthen all communities in the cannabis space. If you or someone you know would like to be on the Cannabis Minority Report, better hit your girl up at info at KhadijaAdams.com. Info at KhadijaAdams.com. Until next Monday, peace, love, and hippie stuff. NCIA's Cannabis Minority Report is a product of the National Cannabis Industry Association and NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. We are hosted every week by Khadijah Adams. Our executive producers are Aaron Smith and Vince Chandler. We are directed by Vince Chandler and produced by Bethany Moore. Please, please, please find out everything you can about the growing and equitable cannabis industry at thecannabisindustry.org.
Yeah.